Well, I want to welcome everybody here this morning. Uh, before we get into my message, there's a couple of things I'd like. I just want to give God some glory this morning. Uh, there's some things that happened last week, and uh, God was in all of it. And I feel very fortunate that I got to be a part of it. And uh, there was a bad wreck out on 730 south going toward Weatherford. Out there just past the Silver Creek Elementary School there along about where that Calhoun Bend is. Well, one, one man was killed in the car wreck. It was two pickups, and uh, one of the men was injured real bad, and Careflight come out and picked him up. Uh, even the people in Careflight said that uh, they ordinarily don't carry blood on the helicopter. But that day, they had blood. This man in this wreck it just about scalped him. It took the, his scalp, laid it all the way back. It uh, shattered a kneecap. It broke a leg. It did all kinds of damage to him. And he, the, even the uh, Careflight said that he was in the process of just about dying because of the loss of blood. But they had that blood on that helicopter, and they started giving this man this transfusion, and it brought him back. Well, they got him to Peter Smith Hospital, and they rushed him to the trauma unit. And uh, I got a call and went up there. Uh, his name is Juan Zorita. And April Ward is a teacher. And Juan's wife is also a teacher. And April called me. And so I went to Peter Smith Hospital. And I got to visit with him. I met, I met uh, Juan's wife. She was very, very pregnant. And uh, I asked her, I said, how much longer are, do you have before you, you, know, you have your baby? And she said about 10 days. Well, she just had the baby here the other day. She was early. I guess maybe with everything going on. But I talked to her Friday, and she's doing real good. And the baby's doing good. And uh, while we was there at the hospital, Juan was in, like I said, in the ICU unit. And I did get to visit with him and talk with him. He was alert enough to talk to. And I witnessed to him and talked with him. And uh, he says, I know that God's hand was on me this day. He said, I know that God's presence was there. He said, I could feel something, and it's hard to explain. But I knew that I was not alone. And we talked and everything, and before I got ready to leave, I anointed him with oil. I prayed over him. And he said, he called me sir, which I said, thank you, you know. And uh, he said, I was just, sir, I just want to thank you for coming, for praying with me, and for telling me more about God. He says, when I get out of this hospital, I will be at your church. So God moved that day. I got to see what God can do. And uh, 
just like Warren said, he said, I could feel a presence, and I knew that I was not by myself. I knew I was not alone. He said, it's hard to explain. I said, I understand what you're saying. I said, no, you was not alone. I said, God was with you. His Holy Spirit was right there beside you. And he was comforting you. He was watching over you. And uh, But they have now moved Warren from uh, ICU. He's in now just in a regular room. And they say he is just really doing good. When I talked to his wife, and uh, she is... Uh, like I said, her and the baby are both doing good. They had a little boy. And uh, so I got to see God's hand in action, and I got to see God move that day. And uh, we had, we, uh, Sue and Curtis and I also was at uh, Weatherford Medical City. There was a man in there that was told about, and I went to see him. Martha Brown was in there. She had had a kind of a, urinary tract infection, so they moved her from the therapy center to the hospital. So after I visited with Martha, and Sue and Curtis had already been there and left, and uh, I went up, and his, 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 his name was Darren Morgan, and uh, he was a real bad diabetic. And uh, they was, he was in there, they was trying to treat a place on his foot kind of like what Rex has here, and they said they'd probably have to do surgery, but it would be very complicated surgery, and they didn't want to have to do that. But anyway, after the prayers and everything, we found out that while he was in there, his kidneys started functioning right, his liver started working okay, everything started just turning around for him. And they said the whole time he was in there, they never had to even give him insulin. They said it was very strange. But see, it wasn't strange, it was God. This is what God can do through faith. Through believing and trusting in God. So that, that week I got to see two different things that God was doing and got to be a part of it. And I give God praise. Because when you see things and you're a part, you're a part of it, it just can't help, help but make you just give you that much more faith and to even believe stronger. I don't know if any of you looked at your bulletin or not, but the title of my message today is The Power of Your Faith. The Power of Your Faith. And you know, so many people ask, why is faith so important? Well, in Hebrews 11:6, it tells us, Without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe in his heart and not doubt that God is God and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The rewards is answered prayer. It's God answering our prayers because of our faith. Just like I witnessed those, those people, the things going on in their life was because of their faith in God and what God was doing in their life. And uh, many people say, well, just what is faith? Well, what the Bible tells us is in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, 
which all this is saying is faith is the assurance that we will receive what we have asked from God, not doubting, even though we don't see it right now. We know it's coming. That's faith. And that is something we have to have in order, like a word, to please God. And he said, well, how do I receive faith? The Bible also tells us how to receive faith. In Romans 10, 17, it says, Faith comes by hearing, and by hearing the Word of God, and believing God's Word. Faith comes to us when we hear God's Word, and then we believe God's Word. God's Word is full of faith. And He wants us to have that faith. He wants our faith to grow. He wants our faith to build. It is only through faith, like, like, like the scripture said, it is only by faith that we can please God. So we must have faith. You know, and as I get into this message, it's not going to be long, So, but there's a story in the Bible about two men named Paul and Cyrus. When they were in Philippi, they were both thrown into prison. But instead of griping and grumbling and carrying on, what did they do? Paul and Silas started praising God, worshiping God, and singing. Giving God all the praise, even though they were in prison because they knew that God was with them. Their faith was strong and they knew that God had not left them. And when they began to praise God and worship God, suddenly something happened. And maybe some of you have seen things happen when you start taking your thoughts and your mind off of yourself and giving God the glory and the praise for what, what he's going to do. I'm sitting there, notice what I said, what he is going to do. He hasn't done it yet. But faith is believing he is going to do something. Just like Paul and Cyrus, they believed that God was going to do something. Even though they was in jail, they was in prison, they believed, hey, our God is with us, and he is still, he's going to do something. And uh, when, when Paul and Silas started praying, something very strange started happening. He said the prison shook and Paul and Silas' chains fell off and the doors of the prison cells flew open. God was already working on their behalf because God knew what their faith was. And, and, and here, this here is, is, is talking about uh, the prison guard. It says, after seeing that all the prisoners were still there, the jailer fell at the feet of Paul and Silas. This jailer was fixing to kill himself. He already had his sword out going to kill himself. He knew that if prisoners had escaped, that the Roman government would have killed him. He was ready to take his own life. But when he saw that all the prisoners, Paul and Silas, everybody was still there, nobody had escaped or nothing. It said that that jailer came, and he fell at Paul and Silas's feet. He says, what must I do to be saved? See, when we see faith... We want to be a part of it. We want to be a part of it. We want that faith. And if you'd like to read about that story, it's in Acts chapter 16, verse 25 through 34. And that's a, that's a great bunch of scriptures to read because if that will build your faith because you see faith in action. And even in prison and in chains, Paul and Silas, instead of being dreary and griping and feeling sorry for themselves, they chose to praise God, to give God glory. And when they started doing that, what happened? 
It said that it was like an earthquake. They said the doors flew open, their chains fell off, the doors just flew open. They could have walked out of that place, but they didn't. You know, I think God stopped them from walking out of that place because he wanted them to witness to that jailer. They said that after Paul and Silas witnessed to that jailer, that jailer took them out of that prison, took them to his house, fed them, cleaned them up, and that night, that jailer and his whole family were saved. So we see that God can work some really good miracles if we'll just have faith in him. See, Paul and Silas chose to focus on God and his promises rather than the situation they was in. Too many of us focus on the situation we're in at the time instead of giving praise to God. God, I know this doesn't look good. At least all my part it doesn't. But Lord, I know you're here with me and I know you're going to do something. That's when you're having faith in God. That's when you're trusting God. And that's what Paul and Silas were doing. We are called to have faith in God. And it's our faith that invites God in to move in our lives. When God sees that faith, that's what puts God in action on our behalf. When he sees our faith, he joins in. And he knows what we're going through. See, faith brings us God's power into our lives. He, he brings his deliverance, his blessings, even his favor upon us. And these things change the circumstances of our life. They change our circumstances. Too many times when things start going wrong, we sit there and we look at our mountains and at the trials in our life. And many times we say, man, this is too much. This is too big. There's nothing we can do about this. There's a lot we can do about this. We can start praising God and trusting in God that he's going to take care of this thing. You know, it's just like, I know there's been people in here, they've heard negative reports from the doctor. Maybe a financial problem has loomed up in their life. It makes healing and overcoming these things seem impossible. But it's not impossible. You know, but instead of looking at our problems and at the negative, we need to look at God and what he's done in the past. Probably every person in here, you've been through certain situations and difficulties, but you can look back and see how God came in and he took care of those problems for you. He solved them. He healed your body. He took care of the problems. He moved the mountains. And uh, we just need to remember and trust in what he has promised in his word. How many of us sometimes just sit down and look through the Bible and read the Bible and look at what God has promised us? I don't mean, too many of us, we want to sit down and we want to pick up the Bible and read it like you're reading a novel. The Bible is not a novel. The Bible is a book of promises. It's a book of God's word, his promises, what he'll do, and what we need to do in order to receive God's promises and to, and, and to have his blessings upon our life. Uh, we just we need to remember, remember and trust in what he has promised, like I said, in his word. And God is still the same today as he was yesterday. You know, in Hebrews 13, 8, it says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God said in Malachi 3, 6, For I am the Lord, and I change not. He's not wishy-washy. When he makes a promise, he keeps that promise. 
And we have to claim that promise many times as to what God says I will do. We have to believe in our heart and trust in our heart. Hey, I'm going through something right now, but God's word said that he would take care of this. So I'm going to put my faith and I'm going to put my trust in God and I'm going to leave it in his hands. Too many times we try to rush ahead of God and most time when we do that, we get ourselves in trouble. We try to run ahead of God and do something that God would not have told us to do. Oh, it looks sounds good at the time, but you know a lot of times that we have the devil telling us to do certain things because he knows it's not going to work. And then it don't work, and then we get mad and we get angry at God and when it was our fault all the time. Sometimes we have to wait. He who waits upon the Lord, sometimes we have to wait upon God to move in our lives. And, uh, you know, we just have to look back what God did to that mountain yesterday. He can do it again today because he changes not is what it tells us. Here, we've, I've looked at this before, but we need to speak to our mountain at times and make that mountain move. You know, Jesus said that if we would speak to that mountain and not doubt, that mountain would what? Have to move. I want to read you here, Matthew 17, 20. And uh, this here is referring back to there was a young man that was going through things. The devil was coming against him. He was, trying to, he was actually trying to kill this little boy. And this father came to Jesus' disciples and had them to cast this, 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 this demon, this devil, out of his son. They couldn't do it. Jesus' disciples couldn't do it. And Jesus showed up. Just like he always does. Jesus will show up. And the, and, 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 and the little boy's father said, your, 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 your disciples couldn't help my son. Can you? And Jesus said unto them, the disciples. The disciples asked him. Jesus prayed over the little boy, rebuked the devil, got rid of him. And these, these disciples asked Jesus a question. Why couldn't we cast out that devil why couldn't we do it this is what Jesus says to them and Jesus said unto the disciples because of your unbelief because of your unbelief you could not make that mountain move for verily I say unto you if you have the faith of a grain of mustard seed you shall say unto the mountain move from here to yonder place and it shall move and nothing shall be impossible for you. Faith. They, you know, and that's something there that's hard for us to believe. These, these disciples walked with Jesus. They saw many of Jesus' miracles and the things he did. They saw him heal people. They saw him to, to uh, raise the dead. They saw him open blind eyes, deaf ears. The cripple to walk again. They saw every bit of this. They witnessed it. But yet, they had a problem sometimes believing who Jesus really was. Even whenever the storms hit, hit, hit that ship that night and Jesus walked out there, they were saying, don't you even care that we're about to drown? Jesus just shook his head, walked out there to the bow of the boat and said, peace be still. The wind, the waves, it all calmed. It was just like, it was just like a mirror out on that sea. Those disciples looked at each other and said, truly, he must be the Son of God. Look at what he can do. And they'd seen it and seen it and seen it. So why was it impossible just about for them to believe? 
Sometimes faith is hard. The situations we get in, and Jesus knows it's hard. But he says, if, he says, if you'll just have true faith, real faith in me, you know, I'm going to say something. You know, faith does not talk about the problem. It talks to the problem about their God and what he can do. And you know, God says, I have given you power. He's talking about the church. When Jesus got ready to, to go back to heaven, he called all the disciples together. He said, I'm fixing to go back to heaven. But before I go, he said, I have all power in heaven, in earth, and under the earth. He said, I'm giving that power to you because I'm going back to the Father. Now, Jesus was talking about the church. I'm giving the power back to the church. When we read over in Matthew 16, Jesus talking to the disciples, and he asked a very important question about, he said, who do men say that I am? Jesus was just asking. Jesus already knew. But, but he was sitting, just seeing what his disciples were. Well, some think you're John. Some think you're Elijah. Some think you're Jeremiah. Some think you're one of the prophets. Jesus stopped for just a minute. He looked around at his disciples. And he's asking us this same question. But whom do you say that I am? Whom do you say that I am well good old Peter had the answer he said thou art the son of the living God Peter had the right answer and then Jesus told the disciples something about a church this is the first time the church is mentioned he said I will build my church. Whose church? This church does not belong to us. It belongs to Jesus Christ. This is his church. And he has put the Holy Spirit in charge of the church. He has given the Holy Spirit power and the, where does the Holy Spirit live? The Holy Spirit lives inside the believer. The Holy Spirit's here right now. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior, that Holy Spirit is living in you right now at this moment. You've got more power than you ever thought you had. You have the power of the Holy Spirit living on inside of you. You know, this power is the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It was the Holy Spirit's power that raised Jesus from the dead, that resurrected Christ after his crucifixion. We don't realize the power we've got that we don't use. I'll tell you what. I am glad that I have had the opportunity to go to the hospitals and see God work. I've got to witness what God can do. I've got to pray over people. I've got to anoint them with oil. I've got to see them rise up. With me? No. God. I take no credit at all. 
God moves and he still moves today. But you've got to have the faith. You've got to have the faith for God to move. If you don't believe, you're not going to see any results. Over in the book of James, it says, Let him who doubts, let him not think that he shall receive anything. If he doubts, he don't need to think he's going to receive anything because he's not. I need your faith. You need to believe. And then nothing shall be impossible for you. This is from God telling us, believe, have faith, and watch what I can do in your life. Watch what I can do in your life. You know, just think about something. Now, God has already promised us healing, the strength to overcome things, and we need to stand on these promises and believe God's Word. Romans 8, 8.31 says, If God be for us, who can be against us? There is no power out there strong enough to be against us if God is for us. Like I said, there is nothing bigger or stronger or more powerful in your life than God. God says, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not. I've never counted it, but they say that fear not is in the Bible 365 times. Once for every day of the year. That when we walk through these, this life, on this earth, things come against us. He says, fear not. Fear not. For I am with you. How's he with you? Through the Holy Spirit that's living on the inside of you. He can, that's how he can be omniscient. He can be, excuse me, omnipresent. That through the Holy Spirit, he can be in every one of us at one time. He can be everywhere, every place, at one time. And he's always with us. And when we fix our eyes and believe in the promises of God, God is not going to fail you. There's a scripture in Isaiah, and I love this scripture, and I use it. I've used it in the hospitals. I've used it talking to people. And we need to remember what this scripture says. And... Uh, it's in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 3. There's three scriptures. Now, God is talking to Israel. But right now, we also, these scriptures apply to us. God said, for now, there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. I see you as equal. These scriptures apply to us. We can use these scriptures. When something comes against you, just remember what God has said. I want, I want to read them here. This is Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. It says, he, God starts out, Fear not. He's already telling them. Have no fear. For I have redeemed you. 
I have called you by your name. You are mine. God said, I know you personally. I know who you are. I know your name. I redeemed you. And now you belong to me. You're mine. And I'm watching over you. And I'm taking care of you. And here in verse 2, I like the way that this is phrased. It says, when you pass through the waters. It doesn't say when you go to the waters and stay. It says when you go through it. You're not staying there. God is moving you through it. And when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And again, he's, he's making you move through it. And when you go through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you go through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. You're not staying there. God says, you're moving through. I'm pushing you through. I'm walking with you. You're going through it. And then he says here in verse 3, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He tells us who he is. You belong to me. I know you. Look at what God has already done for you. God has redeemed you. He has brought you back. Redeem means to buy back. You belong to him. He knows you by name. And he told you and tells you that you are his and that he is your Lord and your God and he is your Savior. He's telling you who he is to you in your life. He says, and if I be for you, no one can come against you and defeat you. No one. So when something starts coming against you, remember these. Hey, when I, when I go through the rivers, he's with me. When I go through the waters, he will not overflow me. When I go through the fire, I will not be burned. For he is with me. God is with us constantly. Just like he said, I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you, but I'll be with you for all eternity and constantly. So like Paul and Silas, when things start coming against us, what do we need to do? We need to start praising God, worshiping God, bringing God into our situation, trusting Him to take us out of it and deliver us from it. Just like what those scriptures said, when you go through it, when you walk through it, when the fire tries to burn you, it will not burn you. You will walk through it. You know, we see all this in the Old Testament. We see this in, in, in the book of Daniel. The Hebrew children, when they were thrown into the furnace, fire had no effect upon them because God was with them. The lions couldn't touch Daniel because God was with them. And when God's with you, nothing can come against you. We need to invite him in to come into our life, to live and to abide. You know, abide means to live. Does God live in you? Is he alive in you today? Are you trusting in Him? Are you believing in Him? Are you putting your faith in Him? Are you turning everything over to God? What about when this mountain comes to, against you? It says you can speak to that mountain. Not on your own, but tell that mountain who your God is and what your God can do. When you let God come into your life, that will be the best decision that you have ever made. And, that, and just trust in Him. 
to bring you through the things that's going to come against you. Notice I said things that are going to come against you. Things will come against you. Jesus told us, when you go through this world, you will have tribulation. You will have problems. Jesus says, when I went through this world, I had problems. Therefore, you also will have problems. But to put our faith and trust in him, he said, I'll bring you through every one of them. I'm going to ask the band to come up if they will. Maybe somebody's here today that you're going through some situations. Maybe you need to turn these situations over to God. Maybe you just need to let your faith just flow out of you and, and give it to God. We have to have faith to tr and trust in God, and he'll bring us through it. I've seen it so many times. And God, like I said, he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, for 